The man in black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. The desert was the apotheosis of all deserts, huge, standing to the sky for what looked like an eternity in all directions. It was white and blinding, and waterless and without future, save for the faint cloudy haze of the mountains which sketched themselves on the horizon, and the devil grass which brought sweet dreams, nightmares, death. An occasional tombstone sign pointed the way, for once the drifted track that cut its way through the thick crust of alkali had been a highway. Coaches and bukas had followed it. The world had moved on since then. The world had emptied. to the Lit to Lens podcast. I'm your co-host, Will, and I'm with my other co-host, Eric. Hey, Will. Hey, Eric. <laughs> you almost called me Will there. I know, that was a little weird. I'm not Will, I'm Eric. Is there somebody else here? No. That's our roommate, Corey. Hi, Corey. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. We, uh, we have brought Corey in as a very, very, very normal guest for us today. Not special. Not special at all. Just very normal. Because he has read... The majority of all seven of the Stephen yeah. King. Yeah, I'm finishing the seventh one. Okay, so this is our, I should have started with that, but our fourth season. And what are we doing this fourth season? Stephen King. Like Corey said just before. Yeah. Um, we decided to do an author-themed season, and who better to start with or pick than Stephen King? The most adapted the man novelist himself. of all time. Yeah, he has 41 movie adaptations. Now, we won't be doing all 41. I'm doing at least 30. I'm only doing like two or three. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> I'm only here for this one. That my three was the max of my contract. So. Corey, you're coming back for the next one because you, you love clowns. I'm not reading Whoa. that book. Don't spoil it, man. Uh, no one knows what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so the first episode in this season, we decided to do The Dark Tower or The Gunslinger, the first novel in the, the series of Dark Tower written by Stephen King. And the movie uh, starring Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba came out. Two weekends ago, two right? Weekends two weekends ago, ago yeah. so we saw last week. Um, and we have some things to say about it, so that's why we're recording. And um, so, Eric, why are we doing this season again? Or did you already explain that? I already kind of explained it, but what was cool for Stephen King especially was that we tried to loop these in with actual theatrical releases. And Stephen, picking Stephen King looped us in with two of them. Um, one of them may or may not have clowns, and then one of them is The Dark Tower. Which is his, like his magnum opus. Did I say that word right? I have no yeah. idea. So, um, the best way to start with Stephen King is to do his big work. So we picked The Dark Tower, but we have only me and Will have only read the first book. Corey has read almost seven. Um, so we brought him in here to help us make sense of whatever the hell we watched. <laughs> <laughs> and we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, good way to put it. So, just to get started here, we have some film notes and some novel notes. So, the film was directed by Nikolai Arcel, starring Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey, and Tom Taylor. 
Release date was August 4th. Budget was $60 million. Box office as of today, or earlier today, was $53.6 million. Uh, the novel notes, uh, author Stephen King, Series of Dark Tower, published in 1982, and it was revised and expanded in 2003. So, um, we have some facts on the Gunslinger novel, which Eric and I read. So, the novel was inspired by the poem Child Roland to the Dark Tower Came, 1855, written by Robert Browning. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the title of Browning's poem is a line from William Shakespeare's play King Lear and claimed that the poem came to him in a dream. Uh, the five stories in the novel were originally published separately in the magazine of fantasy and science fiction between 1978 and 1981. Uh, Stephen King began writing the novel at the University of Maine in 1970 after reading Browning's poem. The novel was finished 12 and a half years later and was officially published in 1982. So the Dark Tower series, some quick facts again, contains eight novels spanning uh, 1982 to 2012. Uh, the series expands King's multiverse and links together many of his other novels. Um, other inspirations include Lord of the Rings, Arthurian Legend, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, uh, and Clint Eastwood's character, Man With No Name, was inspiration for Roland S. Jane. So you said eight novels. Is there like a prequel to Gunslinger? After he finished the seventh novel, the last one, he went back. He said uh, the series was complete, and he wrote an eighth book, which takes place before, in between four and five, I believe. So a little more backstory and a little more history there. Is um, it canon, like, of the seven? Or is it, like, you can read it if you want, but if not... It's... You, you can read it if you want. So I have it. I haven't read it yet because I was going to finish the seven. Um, but, yeah, so we went back afterwards and added it. There's also a, a quick novella, I believe, that precedes the first novel. But we're not worried about that one. Cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, we'll get... Started with this quiz. Yeah, do your worst. So this is for Corey and Eric. So with the original release date being May 17th, 17th excuse me, 2013, which film actually won the box office that weekend? There's Wait. a hint. So what? going back to 2013. 2013, this film was meant to be released? Originally, at the very, very beginning. So the hint... Back with Ron Howard? No, the hint, it's a J.J. Abrams film. Back with J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Or actually, it might have been with Ron Howard. So Ron Howard was attached to direct at this point. Yes. J.J. Yeah. Abrams first, then Ron Howard got in, I thought, of 2010. Ron Howard's just getting in everywhere, man. He's yeah. Now he's doing stuff. Well, he dropped it. <laughs> well, yeah, but he got in for a hot second. He probably yeah. did some stuff to it. I mean, yeah. So 2013 would have been the year yeah. after the first Avengers? Yes. 2012 was Avengers? You said this was, uh, this was another J.J. Abrams? Oh, so it's got to be Star Trek Two. What's your name? Into darkness. Into, into darkness. Well done. Star Trek Two: Into Darkness. That is correct. Good. Eric, one point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, how much did Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof pay Stephen King to option the rights of the Dark Tower? This, this was, what? This was in like 2006. Yeah, this was like 07 maybe. During Lost. With with J.J. Uh, Abrams. Yeah. Do we have any kind of ranges, or just out of the blue? From zero to whatever the biggest number you can Infinity. think of. Infinity. So when did he finish the series? It was done by 06, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't? The 2012 was when the seventh was released. I think. Oh, no, it was 04, sorry. Yeah. 2012 I was, was going to say, I've, I've had 20, the seventh. <laughs> no, dude. Like 2010. No, 2012 is when the four and a half was released, excuse me. I'm going to guess they offered him... 
I imagine he gets well paid for his work. So I feel like this question is kind of a like a trick question, and it's going to be something really small. Uh, so my guess is going to be small, but I don't know what to guess. So I'm going to say, what's like a, a number that's important to the series? Like three? I'm going to say three dollars. 19 is a number that's important to the series. Corey is correct. Dang. Well done. Good. That was a that was a good logical hey, you know, explanation. I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corey gets a point, so it's one to one. So the tiebreaker. So, so the tiebreaker. So if you win, if you get it, then the we just have to disband the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Start our lives over. It's fine. Okay, so in its opening weekend, two weekends ago, the Dark Tower opened number one at the box office um, to nineteen and a half million, give or take, a rounding error. Where does that rank amongst all 41 King second. adaptations in terms of Second. Third. Second. Third. I know it's second. <laughs> okay, Corey. Let's assume that you're right. <laughs> uh, what ranks first? You're right. It's second. So what ranks first in terms oh, of I opening weekends? Opening weekends? Opening weekends. Oh. This is not adjusted for inflation. This is just like... Can I say it? Because I know it's going... It's not it. I, it's, no, it, it's probably, in one comment. It'll probably be coming. Oh, I know this. Um... Something smaller. Is, is it 1408? Do you guess? I'm putting 1408. Dang. I have no guess. I have no guesses. I'm really sorry. It's 1408. Just give me the point. So, Corey wins. <laughs> so he, I'm not playing anymore. Yeah. Well, okay, you have to good. get a point to be able to play. That's true. Will's not invited back for any more podcasts. <laughs> Corey, you're, you've absorbed Will's spot. Unbelievable. I'm okay. Talking to Corey declines. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since this film has been, uh, what's the right word? It's been riddled with directors and production delays. Um, we decided to come up with a timeline to describe the entire process from when this began, what delayed it to its inception today. So you would call that soup to nuts, from soup to nuts. Is that a real thing? Yeah, it's like uh, in like Victorian England, your meals would run from the soup course to the nut like dessert course. Uh, so when you hear the expression from soup to nuts, it's what it refers to. Interesting. From start to finish. If you had told me that... There's a little English would, lesson for you there. If you had made that up, I would have believed you because I've never heard that in my entire life. It's a, uh, it's a classic like business jargony thing. Oh, really? Let's get this done from soup to nuts, guys. I'm all about business, so makes sense. Thank you, Marshawn Lynch. I'm all about pleasure, so. Okay, so the timeline begins in February 2007. J.J. <clears throat> Abrams was attached to produce and direct after the success from Lost, and then he directed Mission Impossible 3. Well, hold on. Did he? Did Stephen King agree to the $19 so, thing? This, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to that. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof optioned The Dark Tower from King for a reported $19. Tight. Thank you. Thank you for that color. You're welcome. <laughs> February 2008, J.J. Abrams reiterates the Dark Tower is in the early stages of development. September 2008, J.J. Abrams admits he doesn't have enough time to spend developing the Dark Tower because of loss, um, and that he would like to see a seven-film series. May 2009, Abrams stated that he and Lindelof would begin work on the Dark Tower once the loss was finished, or had finished its run. Soon after, Abrams stated his reverence for King was getting in the way of his own creativity of adapting, of choosing of adapting the series. 
So Lost finished in May 2010, so he was right in the middle of like its mm -hmm. last run. Um, July 2009, Lindelof revealed that adapting something this large, especially after Lost, was frightening and intimidating. October 2009, Lindelof drops out. November 2009, J.J. Um, Abrams drops out. April 2010, Universal set to produce a trilogy of films with two TV series filling gaps between Ron Howard attached to direct. Uh, report made official September 2010. October 2010, first Dark Tower film set to be released May 17, 2013. December 2010, Ron Howard expresses optimism over the project. Early 2011, Javier Bardem, Viggo Mortensen were in line to play Roland with Naomi Harris of Moonlight fame uh, in line to play Susanna Dean. Mm. She would have been good. Yeah. Um, she was relatively well, like, not well-known, I assume, at that point. Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? Calypso. She was in number two and three, and that came out in 2006 and eight. Yeah. Seven and nine. Yeah. I didn't even know she was in that. Yeah. Uh, May 2011, or excuse me, April 2011, Javier Bardem cast as Roland as Shane. May 2011, Universal seeks financial help from other studios shortly after Universal lowers the budget. Um, so they didn't get any help from other studios. Originally, production was supposed to begin in September 2011, but was pushed back to February 2012 in May of 2011. Um, so, uh, July 18, 2011, Universal canceled development due to budgetary concerns. August 2011, Howard stated his commitment to the project and was looking for outside fi financing with Netflix as a possible outlet. When? Uh, August 2011. So we are in October 2011, four years after the beginning here. Howard announces project is on track with HBO carrying the TV portion of the project. Later on, March 2012, Warner Brothers expresses interest. August 2012, Warner Brothers passes on the project with Russell Crowe attached to star. January 2014, two years later, Aaron Paul is in talks to play Eddie Dean. Shortly after, Liam Neeson expresses interest in playing Roland. And then April 2015, a year later, Sony and MRC announced they were fast-tracking the project. July 10, 2015, Nikolai Arcel signed on to direct. November 2015, Matthew McConaughey offered a role to play The Man in Black. January 2016, Idris Elba cast as Roland Deschain. October 2016, test screening gathered negative results. MRC and Sony spent $6 million on reshoots to film in the backstory of Roland. September 2016, TV series scheduled to be released in 2018 with Idris Elba and Tom Taylor, but Matthew McConaughey has yet to be locked in to any sort of contract. Uh, Glenn Mazzara would be the showrunner from The Walking Dead and has been confirmed to be based on The Dark Tower 4, Wizard and Glass, The Dark Tower that went through the keyhole, 4.5, and elements of The Dark Tower, The Gunslinger. And here we are today. So that's like a super convoluted way to get from lens, lit to lens. Exactly. Uh, it's not always easy, folks. So you, a lot of what you said was really interesting. Like Javier Bardem as Roland. I remember that. Um, I Liam Neeson as Roland. I don't remember him or Viggo Mortensen, but I remember Javier, Javier was attached for a while. He doesn't seem the type. You don't think so? I think he could have pulled it off. He's a good actor. Yeah, I don't think Liam Neeson could have. Well, that was like post-Taken, right? So everyone's like, oh, Liam Neeson can <clears throat> I mean, that's use a gun. And yeah. he's tall. He's very like, He's very tall. I kind of like Idris Elba, though. He's he's also tall and very present. Yeah, yeah I thought he did very well in the role. Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes... So 
Corey, having like all this knowledge of the series and how it like goes on and hearing, so let's unpack this a little bit. JJ Abrams says initially that he wants to make seven films. There are eight books, seven, seven books at the time. So that's a book, a movie. And fast forward to today after like 18,000 people get their hands on this property and we get a movie that seems to be based on, I don't know, all the books, some of the books. And technically this film was a sequel to the series is what it has been described as. The film is a sequel to the books? Yes. So is there anything that happened? Well, hold on. Before we get to, (laughs) there's so many questions. Yeah. Uh, How, how many books are in this movie? So they touch base on a lot of them, but I mean, you guys saw the movie. There are a lot of things I understood probably a lot better than you guys, and a lot of things that you hadn't like what a tahin was. Like right. That's that's throughout all the books, and you learn more and more about them. That's a it's a race of people. Yeah, um, they're like something from uh, Roland's world, and they're pretty much just like mutate like giant like people, but like they have giant rat heads or like pig oh. those are the skin the skin people mm-hmm. okay. gotcha yeah and so they go into a lot of them and it's like they have a whole society and they go into a lot more of that um which you guys i mean they didn't really touch that in the movie they said the name once that that was it right those guys were weird looking they were very weird looking kind of cool though would yeah. you want to be a rat with like human skin no so cory okay but so they touch on just about every part of the book series. So, why do why would you do this? Like, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why you don't just go a book, a movie, like J.J. Abrams said. The patron saint of well, nerds, J.J. Abrams <laughs> said to do this. Why don't you listen? He wasn't the patron saint at that point, though. That's true. He hadn't done Star Trek yet. He had done Lost, and that was like the shit. Yeah, but Star Trek kind of gave him his. If he's Star, now, Star Trek's like 09. If he did yeah. it now. Star Trek's 09. Imagine that though. A seven movie investment. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter is eight. In fact, granted, I know Harry Potter has, is like probably way outsells The Dark Tower. Yeah. But Stephen King is a name, at least. If you're going like, to. He's a huge name, yeah. He doesn't. His work is not adapted into good movies. I mean, J.K. Rowling, like, often. her name and Harry Potter are like intertwined. Mm-hmm. Stephen King. You have so many different books, so many different adaptations. He's horror. He has this fantastical series. He's all over the place. Yeah. So seven movies. Se- is seven movies just too many? I would say probably for this series. I mean, this series with Harry Potter, you had so many young adults and younger children who were so invested in the series, who were gonna see the movies no matter what, even if they were terrible. Like if this yeah. this yeah. series is that was, true though? I think I'm so. sure. I mean, with how the books were doing. Yeah, the and books. the young adult, like adults are reading them and kids. This, and it's a like 10-year-old's infinite. not going to pick this up and be able to understand it. Right. And it's n- not nearly as popular, I would say, yeah. as Harry Potter. So it's a tougher sell. To get seven movies greenlit. Yeah. And I mean, the first one came out, what, 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, Harry Potter came out and four years later they were making the first movie. Yeah. We still make movies based on Shakespeare. I mean, that's true. So yeah, that's and, and you're selling the Shakespeare name, though. But you're not making seven. Yeah, but you're s- selling Stephen King here. Yeah, but you're not making seven of the seven of them. Yeah, you're making the one. Well, that's what I'm asking. Why don't we make seven? <laughs> I think seven could have been overkill. I mean, you guys read the first one, 
like most of that movie would have been him walking through the desert talking which yeah. in Hollywood that doesn't sell well it's not very cinematic yeah right. it okay. could have had great cinematography and it could have been a cool like indie flick but with what this series is no one in Hollywood is looking for that yeah it's a lot of money to put up front yeah from a studio I think it's I, a big risk I would say so the sequel comment surprises me with and I don't know how much you want me to give away or just give it all away. So, so I, hold on. Granted, if you are someone who's reading the series and do not want it to be spoiled, now is probably a good time to be careful. That said, Corey, tell us what happens. So I still have like 200 pages. Who's of, the Crimson King? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're curious about that. I still have like 200 pages of the seventh one to read, but, but Jake just died. Um, Rest in peace. Wait, Jake is comes back in the second one. He comes back. What? Oh, sorry. What? Um, he fell into the abyss. And there are there's technically there's a group of four of them. So there's Eddie and Susanna, which um, yeah, Naomi Harris was gonna play, and they just they cut those two characters. I don't know if they plan for them to come in future movies or what. Um, but yeah, then it's the four of them who travel the rest of the books, and, and, and Jake just died, and Roland's gonna die in the end, and Susanna's the only one who who lives. I know that because I cheated a little bit. <laughs> well, the epilogue is just her. So, uh, um, nineteen years later, platform nine and three quarters. And you the talk, know. the talk with the man in black at the end, kind of reveals that Roland, this quest is going to claim Roland's life. And so, rereading it, kind of, I don't know. It was cool to reread it at the end of the first. At, at the end the of the first. At the end of the yeah. gunslinger, yeah, yeah, yeah. when they're palavering. When they are palavering. Uh, Love. Do you like it when I palaver? No, I, I don't. I like it when you say the word though. Palaver. Is it palaver or palaver? It's palaver. a v. It's a v. B. B. Palaver would be way better. I don't think palaver. I should write these novels. Go ahead. There's like well, fourteen million I'm, words to them. I'm busy. I got a podcast. Tomorrow. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so keep going. Sorry. So no, it was just the fact that they think that it was a sequel. I don't know. I thought it was very well done how they set up Jake. In the movie, and I enjoyed the beginning part with setting up how he seemed crazy and like no one would believe him. But I mean, in the first novel, the main character is the gunslinger, and you get his backstory, and they don't really give you any backstory to Roland. Yeah, yeah that's very confusing. And that's what I. He has no motivation like, in the yeah. first book. You see his father, and they're like about to, Honestly, about to die, basically. Yeah. But that is was his bad. father in the first book? I don't. Maybe in they talk about it talk in about flashbacks. It, yeah. In flashbacks, his yeah. father is always like out hunting, or yeah, whatever. they talk briefly in the first book. He, I guess, he says that the 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 guy who runs the kitchen is gonna poison everybody. Yes, cool hacks. Yeah, hacks. Um, and so I, I don't know. I didn't get enough of his backstory. Like I like how they set up Jake, but it was only like ninety four minutes, mm. and to try to cramp that much, like add 20, 25 more minutes of Roland's backstory or, like, give me more screen time of him in the beginning. He didn't come on until 25, 30 minutes into the movie. It felt like Jake's movie. Yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. if this story becomes Jake's story it, as we go it along. It doesn't. I mean, occasionally they kind of get different chapters and they get separated, but they always come back and Roland's always the leader. It's always... It's usually from, like, you get it from his perspective or he's making all the decisions. And so it's... It was weird having it from Jake's point of view, which in the second book when he, he's trying to when Jake comes back, you do have that, 
from Jake's point of view, but it still reverts back to Roland, and I never got that, like, change back when they were trying, you know, when Roland was shooting and everything else. It still always seemed centered on Jake too much for me. It feels like the quest is Roland getting to the Dark Tower and seeing, as we learn in, like, the last 20 pages of the, the Gunslinger, he's trying to get to that room in the Dark Tower to come face-to-face with the unnamed person at the end of the first book, but... Mm-hmm. That, it, it doesn't seem like the kid's story. He, yeah. And so, I, they I haven't really... I don't know. They didn't really set it up well, I didn't think, because they made it sound like Jake would be the key, and with that, they could knock the tower down. And that's, like, not really true. They have this whole system set up where, where kids and adults are trying to break down the tower. In the books. Yeah, and they're trying to weaken... So the tower has so many beams and they have to weaken the beams they're called breakers and then once all the beams fall the tower will fall mm. and this was just you know you can kill one kid at a time use their their um, energy or shine their in the shine. movie it's called shine mm-hmm. yeah and hit the tower directly um, when they were drawing the pictures in the sand or the dirt like you, they would show the beams but they never really explained it or even said the word beam I doubt either of you no. Basically, what we learn in the movie is that Matthew McConaughey runs like a school for peculiar children and like takes their, I don't know, I don't know exactly what Shine is. It's like a happiness or like their ability, some kind of ability. It's like a, uh, it's like an intelligence, short, right? It's like a short wave like telepathy. And then just okay, like yeah. runs it up through a machine, a machine with other kids focusing it, and then focuses the energy into like a laser, and then like smacks into the tower, yeah. and the tower as it like shakes. You could see it in different yeah. worlds because the tower holds different worlds together. Mm-hmm. We get we, the you tower get holds the, all the worlds together. All the worlds. Yeah, and so then there are so many beams, um, and I mean, and the books get into this where there's only like two or three beams left, and they start having to save the beams, and like everything points towards the beams. They talk about how the clouds are all you can watch them, and they all float in one direction towards a beam and that's how Roland is able to tell when he's going the right way following mm. clouds or following train tracks that are going that way and he just that's how a lot of it, how, how he knows where to um, go yeah because I mean he doesn't have a map really he just goes on intuition yeah uh, and you see that in the first book too yeah and the whole car and you know, yeah just that's like destiny right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so what I don't understand is when you were reading the timeline will you mm-hmm. said that they did they spent six million dollars to beef up the backstory on a 96 minute film so this movie was what backstory I, it must have been jake right so but i thought you said roland's back no backstory. roland so it must have been so his the, father or they spent six million dollars just to get the guy that from the all-state yeah. yeah dennis Habert to to come and because they didn't give any more like and i know show? he was on a show though he wasn't just on all-state he's in heat he's in he is in heat. that was like 20 he's in backstrom 20 years with uh with Dwight K. Yeah. Schrute. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking of, but... <laughs> Dwight Schrute, okay. also in the new Star Trek. Let's bring it full circle. Um, so what I've seen is you spent $6 million to make a 90... To make... To add on to a movie that ended up being 96 minutes. Oh, yeah. And it's already or, way or, too or, short. I mean, they could have replaced scenes. Like, taken out I would have fight loved, scenes or something. Yeah. But they didn't... I don't know what backstory they gave for Roland. Like, besides that one scene... With said his like father. The gunslinger creed. There was also the scene at the table where the uh, that Asian woman, I, I, she was like a 
Oh, she's like, kind of like a seer. It's a seer, yeah. yeah. She, she's like, this is Roland of Eldor. Yeah. Like, and they explain that he's like this knight, but he's really a gunslinger. Or whatever yeah. Yeah, they talk about that his gun is made out of like Arthurian steel. Yeah. Excalibur. It so that could be yeah. part yeah. of it. But I really would, I would love to know how long Nicolai Arcel's original movie was. Like, how much, or how much screen time did he really have like, at the beginning? Like, yeah. Like, 120 minutes, 140, 160 minutes, and then had to cut down, like... I just, I don't understand why... I mean, I know it's a lot of money. I don't understand. You you have this series that has a cult following, and people are very passionate about. Why would movie execs, if he has 120 minutes, why would they make him trim it down to something like a mere... Because in that sense, I think from a movie exec perspective, it's more incentive for like random people to see it. Like if you don't know about the Dark Tower, but maybe you know yeah. about Matthew McConaughey, it's like, oh, it's only ninety minutes. I'll go pay yeah. twelve dollars instead of like two and a half hours. Where it's like, I don't know anything about this story. I'm not really gonna go see that. Do you think people look at movie times before they see movies? I think, I think so. I think I think it's. I know we do as like our, do, our like. I mean, people are busy. You know, they can't. I mean, I would say they do more for like if they're planning like. I have something before or after. Can I fit in this movie? Yeah. yeah. Um, I definitely think it should have been like two hours though, at least. Yeah. An hour and a half was not just. I don't hour. even think it should. It shouldn't have even been one movie. It should have been multiple. I don't. This is what so confuses me. They spent sixty million dollars on a ninety-minute movie to introduce seven books. What part of that makes any sense? So it's actually. If you're gonna invest in a series, like invest in a series. Yeah. Or don't. And like, I mean, yeah. strip it down to the point where it's just an introduction, like an indie production. It's, it's been in production for ten years. It's been on standstill. Clearly, like people want it made, but clearly there are problems. You and when you when you were talking about the timeline, you said they're trying to fast track it. Like that's not the way to go about making this. And you can't make this Stephen King's world for sixty million dollars. You just can't. Yeah, not you this know, one. This you one. know, forty million. I went to like McConaughey. For his hair, yeah, well, <laughs> his hair. It was spectacular. His implants. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So t- talk me into this adaptation. Like, why someone thought this was the right thing to do to make this movie ninety minutes and m- fit all of this information into one movie? Why? Why would you do that? You already said you can't go book for book, so you have to do something else. I agree. I think they could have gone. I mean, it's hard because there are a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards, but I think taking the seven as a whole, I th- I think try to go for the first two, like maybe not not seven movies. That is a lot, and it is intimidating to like come to a studio and be like, "Hey, I want to make seven movies for five hundred million dollars. Will you finance me?" I think you got to cut down to three, and then because some for some reason there's always been that TV show adaptation attached to the movies which is kind of like a weird thought to me like you go to cinema you see these two movies and then you have to go watch this series on tv but i think it can make sense if they did three or four movies of seven and then because book four is pretty much just a backstory to roll and you get his history it's him telling everyone else in his quartet that of uh when he was younger with his other gunslinger friends and pretty much how they died and how the love of his life died. and uh, So that's book four. So if you take that out, and I haven't read eight, but it's still like 
it comes between four and five, just more backstory. So there's six books, two books, a movie. Maybe have to switch some things around, which, I mean, they did with Lord of the Rings. They had three books, three movies, but they, they switched it around. They made it work, and they told a good story. And I think you can do this with this series, but I don't think they had the right... I did, they didn't go about it the right way. Yeah. They told, uh, they told the entire story, basically. Yeah, and they want to tell more, and like now I guess they can go tell... You know, get Eddie, get Susanna, do their backstories. And I get the TV show trying to do Roland, young Roland as a TV show. I get that, and I think it's, it could be a really cool idea, like an eight-episode miniseries of Roland when he's younger, yeah. of how he became it. I think that's a really cool idea if they do it right and then keep the main storyline with the movies. Right. But they just, they just tried to condense it too much and make it I mean, because he, I mean, McConaughey dies at the end. So they were trying to make, like, a beginning, a middle, and an end. When, in these series movies, it's not, you know, sometimes you have to leave them open-ended, or, or you can't, you know, yeah, you run the risk of not being able to make the second mm -hmm. if it doesn't do well, but I think for this type of series, the, the, the audience is there because they love the book so much, but that's not the movie they wanted. This, this movie could have been made whatever 10 years ago it would have been I would have it would have made more sense to make this like 15 20 years ago this way but I think with like Netflix and HBO and all the streaming going on it makes more sense to do put it as a show like do do one or two seasons mm -hmm. see if how it does do, maybe based on the first two or three books if it gains popularity maybe then put it into a film you know, a lot of these, like, Entourage and all these other TV shows, Sex and the City, whatever, are series, first off, first and foremost, and then they become films. Why couldn't, like, they do something like that with this? Why would they think, oh, we're going to make a movie, and then we're going to go to TV? That doesn't really make sense. It's like you're, you're not really backtracking. You're sort of, like, you're doing it kind of the opposite way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I said, for, for the TV series to work, it, for me, the only way would have been, like, movies, then TV series, would to do just his backstory. So it wouldn't have been Andrew Selva that would have had to find a younger actor, um, a younger man in black. Uh, but I agree, like, doing an HBO, kind of what they did with Game of Thrones, um, my one hesitation with that is a lot of times they keep going after the source material runs out. And as long as they went in knowing, like, all right, we have five seasons to do all seven books, 10 or 12 episodes a season, hour uh, each episode, I think that, I agree, I think that would have been the best way to present these works. That must be the biggest comp to the Dark Tower, is the Game of Thrones series, especially given its, like, immense popularity. Um, do you think there's, I, I think one of the appeals of Game of Thrones is just the breadth of the world. Mm -hmm. Do you think the Dark Tower like holds up to that because game of thrones is just so interesting and so deep and there's like so many layers of things that like you catch mm -hmm. and then come up later and you're like that's clever yeah you can never really get to the end of the game of thrones world yeah and now it's that it's just... like now that we're in season seven and things are going so fast people are like yo yeah slow down yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i definitely think 
what Stephen King has created could be like that, and it is interesting, and there are a lot of flashbacks and flash-forwards, and if you... If it was written correctly in a, in a way to make... I mean, it's always hard to go back and forth in time, but if it was done correctly, I think it, it this type of series could definitely be as big as The Dark Tower. Or as big as Game of Thrones. So I want to add something real quick before we move on. Um, I was looking up the best-selling books of all time. Uh, Lord of the Rings has sold 150 million copies. The book... The, the first book, The Lord of the Rings. Harry Potter, number one, and The Philosopher's Stone has sold 107. The entire Dark Tower series has sold between 20 and 50 million copies. So in oh, terms total. of... Like, total. Mm, yeah, see, I think... 30 and 50 million copies. So in terms of, like, popularity, 30 yeah. million. It is, like, way, way down way there. Down yeah, there. Was, yeah. What did Game of Thrones sell? Is that on there? That'd be, yeah, since I mean, that's the comparison we're making, that'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Because Game mean, of Thrones is the most popular show ever? Yeah, probably ever. It's breaking It's just such a different source material than, like, Harry Potter. It's not listed, you yeah. Know? Game of Thrones is not listed on this Wikipedia article. Dude, try a Song of Ice and Fire. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Corey, a quick question. What is... I got the answer, though. Okay, go ahead. 60 million for the series. For 60, Game of, Game so of 30 to 50 so is a little uh, less. Dark Tower is half. Yeah, that's but, tough. I mean, that's a but tough But at the same stuff. time, what was it yeah. before the show started? Right. I hadn't read them. Right, yeah. So I got the books only after I watched the first season, and I was like, it's this show point. is dope. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if, it, if you have yeah. two seasons of Dark Tower, does that number jump, multiply by two? So is it because the first book is just, like, so bare? Like, there's essentially three characters... And then flashbacks. characters in flashbacks. Mm -hmm. um, and Game of Thrones is like, there's like 40 yeah. people. Yeah. Um, it's fair. It's hard. It would be hard to do and captivate. Maybe the first season you do six episodes. You can have a shorter four episodes. You do a short, because the first book is small, mm -hmm. setting up the world, introducing you to Roland and kind of how he is. I mean, you have a couple good fight scenes. Um, he sacrifices the boy. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but maybe you do, you know, two through seven, you have ten episodes. I mean, the seventh book is very long, so maybe that one's a little more, but the first one you do, you test the waters, four episodes, five, six, just to see if people are interested in it. That way you're not you using a lot of money and wasting it, but it could be a huge success financially, and just see. I think that would probably be best for the first book. Yeah, I think there's definitely like reason to be like oh this should 100 percent be a tv show and we've said this on this podcast before with like watchmen and stuff but i think there's definitely still something to it being a movie and being able to attract someone like matthew mcconaughey granted he did true detective like five years ago but mm -hmm. uh like I, I still think there's some kind of divide it's tough to get that guy matthew mcconaughey to sign on for like a series that long so True Detective was what ten episodes or eight episodes? Mm -hmm. Like this would be potentially for multiple seasons. And Seven years. Good. The Man in Black is that. not in all of them. He's not. Okay. No, he's in like maybe three, is very it? briefly. So that's more incentive for him to do something like yes. that. Yes, it would have to be Idris Elba, but he's already on Luther. He's done five, four or five seasons of Luther. But Idris Elba is not Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, I, I know. But so. if you had Matthew McConaughey come in, 
I mean, obviously, if you don't get Matthew McConaughey, there are other big names. Maybe not, you know, Oscar winning big, but you can get other big names who would want to sign on to that. Yeah. Sorry, go. No, I was just going to say, we also have to remember that you don't sign up for seven seasons immediately. You sign up for one season. If that season is successful, you... That's not true. I think most of these TV shows sign actors assuming that they're going to be huge hits for seven seasons because it's a think of it as a business if i can get let's use like baseball as an example so like sorry to be so like concluded in this so say evan longoria comes up for the tampa bay rays and Mm -hmm. he's like a really good prospect and he plays really well his first year in your tampa bay and you like really strapped for cash you like immediately sign him to like a six-year contract worth like a hundred million dollars seems like a lot of money but if some if that guy is like Smash actually that. good, mm-hmm. then it's like such a bargain and you can keep him. Mm-hmm. But say you don't sign him and he hits free agency and he's worth like four hundred million, mm-hmm. then you've like you've lost him right. and it, it's like you've lost so much value. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. So basically yeah. you sign people on for seven seasons I, because you keep them yeah. cheap because they're nobodies. Right. And then when they do get big, you still have them on cheap contracts. Of course, they renegotiate, but well, don't they renew seasons? They don't. They either cancel or renew. They can, yeah, but I mean, sh- the, something like this, knowing there's like source material like that, you would hope that it goes seven years. You would hope that you would plan for seven seasons, and I think I would agree with Eric. They'd be like, if you want this character, like you yeah. can do other projects, and if you if it gets canceled then it gets canceled but like we have you for these months when we want regardless of what other schedule you're doing mm-hmm. and yeah you probably couldn't attract Matthew McConaughey or Idris Elba but I mean you can get other there, there are actors willing to I mean Kit that. Harrington, everyone knows his name and he was nobody all those people he, were nobody yeah. except for Sean Bean yeah Sean, right. yeah. yeah all you need is like one or two big names to help the show mm-hmm. and you have the, the title Dark Tower and Stephen King I'm yeah, you don't have the huge names, but I mean, I thought the kid, I thought Jake in the movie was great. I thought he played it very well. Jake was very good. Yeah. In yeah. the yeah. scenes no, that he no. was in and weren't somebody else at the very end. What? This is my conspiracy theory. I'm telling you, he was not in oh. the scenes when <laughs> Roland was eating the hot dog. Anyways. I'm, I'm serious. We're just going to watch and see. And also, Eric I want to give during the end of the movie. I want to give a shout out to myself for using an Evan Longoria reference that no one is going to understand and probably confuse so many people. It's okay. If you listen to the podcast, type in Evan Longoria into Google or Bing. Or Bing. Whichever one wants to sponsor us, really. Or into the uh, search bar or the URL bar of your Google Chrome. <laughs> and look him up. He, w- he was a very good player, but now he's very bad. Okay, so I want to finish with like some rapid fire questions for Corey and you. Yeah. Um, so this one is specifically for Corey. What did you enjoy most about the Kingstar Tower series? Like what kept you coming back? Book I'll, after book? I'll answer this one. <laughs> what was it, Eric? Uh, uh, pass. No, you're doing great. Yeah. I think the Crimson King. I haven't met him or heard of him, but... He sounds interesting. Yeah, it was awesome. Wait, you haven't heard of him? How do you know him? That's right, right? <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I really like the character of Roland, and I mean, I read the first one, and the way it ends, it's just like, like I was very intrigued, like, what is the Dark Tower? They gave you some, but I was just like, how is this, I mean, I read it so long ago, how is this at the beginning of the universe? And so I started reading the second one, and it just, 
I like how it's it's built in in Roland's world, but then it, it time hops to the our world, um, and there's a lot of history in that. And then he starts weaving in his own works and his own life. And so I it just it's very interesting, especially when you get Roland's backstory. I found that part really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just build on the Roland character. So I would say he was the reason I kept reading, just because his character was just uh, appealing to you. Yeah, it was very appealing. So it gets better. He's not just like, I'm sworn to find this Dark Tower son. Yeah, no, you, you start, you see a softer side of him as he becomes friends, like when he gets Jake, Eddie, and Susanna, and they would all die for each other. But he also becomes crippled. You know, he can only shoot with one hand eventually, and just always in pain, but he's just, I don't know, he's a very interesting character to me. Okay. Um, yes or no, is it possible to make a good Dark Tower adaptation? This is for both of you. Is it possible? Yes. Is it possible? Anything is possible. No, it's not. With Ka at your back, and if you remember the face of your father. I was about to say that. I'm out. <laughs> Uh, what kind of adaptation would you like to see? So that's seven movies, three movies, a TV series, a TV series, and then a movie, a movie, then TV series. What would be your ideal? Uh, I really, I really do like the TV series idea, like they did with Game of Thrones. Maybe the last half of the seventh book, as he's finding the tower, a two-hour movie in IMAX. I get free tickets for. <laughs> That's what we want with Game of Thrones, right? Someone was saying that yeah. the other day. I mean, they might be amazing. I think I think they will. The like the last two episodes, IMAX. That'd be so good. Be, but also, it, it's a dis. They're not incentivized to do that because why do you have HBO? That's true. Yeah. Unless HBO gets the ticket sales, and I mean, then it's like, IMAX. Yeah. IMAX just made a deal with Marvel, and Marvel's new shows are going to premiere in IMAX. Oh, IMAX. We're not talking about Marvel. Okay? So I don't know if HBO. You did the comic book series and I, already. And IMAX. Would Marvel is the enemy. I would like to see. DC. I wouldn't want. I would like to see a TV show. Like an HBO kind of. Yeah. If if these books are so long and it like it needs to be told the way it's told, then TV show is the yeah. way for me. I agree. I agree as well. Name your dream adaptation: director, actors, and then obviously you guys just said the structure. Can we pick from any? Pick. Can we pick any person at any time in their career? Like, or can I? Right now. Can I pick like a dead director and like an no, actor as a thirty-year-old? They have to be alive now. So I can't. I can't pick like prime Clint Eastwood. No. Prime. I mean, and then like, Roland was. Right. No, Roland was if, if I gave prime you a contract, prime. so today I want you to make... pick a pick a team today. Right. So I really like when J.J. Abrams was attached. Me too. I mean, he completely brought back Star Trek. And the he lens, made, and the lens st- flare. He made Star Wars exciting again. I think I think he could do great things. I think Lost actually has a lot of similarities with like this series I, as opposed yeah. to like the spirituality and like the uh, this separate world aspect. Mm-hmm. I think if he like he did that obviously very well. Yeah, with, so yeah, he could do this very well. I yeah. think JJ Abrams would be very very good. Give me the cast of True Detective season two. Whoa. Season two, what? Vince Vaughn, Colin Farrell. I have no idea. Rachel McAdams, I, I, Suzanne. In terms of like someone who uses a gun, like I, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like I think I mean, Idris Elba was good. Like someone using a gun as an actor is so different. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. they make a lot of. I mean, money. I really liked Idris Elba. Elba. I mean, 
Chris Pratt has that rugged look. He probably has to lose a little weight because he has to look a little haggard and he's just jacked. Mm-hmm. Um, Who'd be a great uh, man in black? Somebody just pure evil. Like uh, Christopher Waltz or... Christoph. Christoph. Excuse me, Christoph Waltz. I don't know. In my head, Christoph Waltz is a little old for it. And a little, I don't know. I always pictured someone, someone taller and a little younger. McConaughey felt a little old. Too. Like he wasn't. I feel like yeah. Man in Black in the book, at least, is kind of like this, uh, like troll. Mm-hmm. He's also McConaughey was also bad. Like objectively, he was not a good Man in Black. In my well, I guess not objectively, subjective. I don't really have it. Yeah, I mean, you McCon- gotta read more to get it. I, I he didn't do anything for yeah, me. He didn't right. do nothing. That's he true. didn't do anything. He also didn't do. But nothing. What was the worst scene in that movie? Was when he walked by the little girl in the park and was like hate, and then she just started to hate. Yeah, I think they were. Oh, tr- now, oh, so now we know that he's evil. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I Thanks, think, Nikolai. I, yeah, that, that's what really they. That's part I of where that six million trying, dollars went. Yeah, they were trying to push <laughs> too much on just like, he's evil. Like I want you to know he's evil, and they're just trying to push too. I'm much gonna on grab that. this girl's face and her face. Wait, I mean, in the first, I'm gonna throw her on the ground because I'm apparently upset. Yeah. In the first book, he wasn't that. I mean, he was evil, but he made you do bad decisions to get to him if you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can save Jake, but then I'm gone. Okay. Pick pick, oh. pick three actors. Or two actors, and maybe a kid. You as well. Do it right now. I mean, I really like the kid. If you can solidify Kid again. Him. Yeah. Idris Elba. There we go. Let me think of Man I, Black. So, I want prime Clint Eastwood. I don't care what you say. I'm getting. <laughs> I'm taking prime Clint Eastwood. Okay. Man in Black, I am taking... I could have done Hildago Viggo Mortensen, too. Baby. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, you could take Viggo Mortensen. Uh, Man in Black, I want someone kind of like, like a little jolly, weird, but also with a streak of like anger that he just kind of like flips on and off. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know if that's yeah. right. Vince Vaughn. No. So, have you guys seen the show Sherlock? No. No. Uh, I've seen an episode. I think. So the guy who plays Moriarty, Andrew Scott, he has that in there, and I think he would be awesome as that role he has that just like kind of crazy but like crazy fun but then on a dime he can turn it into just pure like hate and then go right back i think he would be i think he would be good okay give me tom hardy tom hardy boom i don't like that at all i take that back as a man continue go next question okay next question (laughs) i'm not Uh, taking this part seriously so what is one thing you liked from the film uh when roland was like what is this? It's a hot dog. Savages. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I do like adding the comedic relief in it. What breed is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Sugar. <laughs> um, we'll take more. I really, I mean, Edris Elba I thought was good in it. And the kid, I like how they set up the kid in the world. I just wish they had switched it to make it seem like it was Roland's story and not mm-hmm. just Roland was there for Jake. I, th- I thought the kid acting was the most impressive thing from the yeah. film. The thing that yeah. I wasn't expecting. I mean, we, we know Idris Elba and Matthew are great actors. Yeah. But to find a young kid like that who can do that is hard. Yeah. Okay, what is one thing, and you can only choose one, that you did not like about the film? The entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. Um, Corey, you go first. So, I did not like... I, st- I still don't like how, how they focused on taking the shine from one kid and targeting it at the tower 
and then Jake is the one kid because you know they had their shine reader who can bring it down if we just get him in the chair. I didn't like that. Mm. I thought it just it felt too forced. Like they had they had an end goal and that's part of what it is in the books, but they're just like we don't want any touch base in the second movie. Let's just this is good enough. And then Matthew McConaughey didn't have to be such a dick. Or did he? I didn't like... I think my least favorite scene was when he was trying to go through the first portal in that, like, abandoned, rundown house. And the, the like, floorboard demon mm-hmm. swallowed him up and started, like... So that scene's in book two. Yeah, I was about to say, that actually happened. That's yeah. A, yeah, that so, happens book two. So he just, like, starts, like, swallowing him up and, like... Yeah tossing him around and then like the floorboard demon just like you know what i'm chill go through i mean in yeah, the, that's true. and i was like i was like oh cool that's yeah there's yeah, yeah. just go ahead <laughs> in the second book jake's the last to come through and roll and kind of pulls him yeah. so i didn't like that because it made no sense yeah and i was like they didn't like set it up they're just like by the way there are demons oh i also hated that in the um when no one was shooting the demon when jake went off in the forest oh yeah that demon was coming i didn't like that scene I like the demon. He looked crazy. He looked insane, but, like, I don't know. Did you like some of the bullet tricks? Like, when he loads his magazines, like, in the air? Yeah, where he, like, rolled it on his belt. Yeah. That that was pretty cool. And then the one where he's he's just listening. Yeah. I I really, I thought they did that good, because he does do some amazing shots. uh, So I thought they did, showed his gun expertise very well. And I like those scenes. I didn't like that scene where he was just, like... He just like stood there for forty five minutes and decided to shoot. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but a only because long. I haven't read probably yeah. the rest of the six books. Maybe a little long, but it's one of those. He's he takes some impressive shots yeah. in the books. Question: Which did you like better, the novels or the film? Let's let Corey take this one first because Corey's never answered this question before the on novels. a podcast. The novels. Cool. For reasons that you've explained, that we've all correct. Answered. Cool. <laughs> what about you? Novels. I like the TV show the best. <laughs> there isn't a TV show, Aaron. Oh, sorry. Uh, I like the film better. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're entitled to your own opinion, I guess. I mean, they're, they're very different. No, I actually didn't like... Th- I like parts of the film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like parts of the film. I don't think the film was as bad as what people said, but... Um, I agree with that. I don't think it was either. I, th- I think I will officially vote for the novel. Though. I didn't want that movie, so I'm not going to vote for it. I agree. Me too. That's my. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I want a movie of it, but that wasn't the one I wanted. <laughs> so, Eric, are you going to continue reading? Uh, we'll have to read another huge Stephen King book next. So maybe. Does it have to do with clowns? Unconfirmed. <laughs> so I'm after reading the end of this. After like binging the end of this today, mm. I'm pretty interested in it. Okay. So I would I would continue. Okay. Would you continue? Uh, I'm not a big series guy. I kind of like to dip my feet in, see what it's like, and then get out immediately. So, no, I probably will not. Hey, thanks thanks for coming. Thanks for, uh... That awkward pause pause was so worth it. I wanted to make you feel so uncomfortable for saying those words. Oh, man. So you're not a series guy. You're just like a, a, a one and done. You're like, uh... You're like a John Calipari recruit. <laughs> yeah. 
There you go. Just trying to make his NBA, dude. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Good way to good metaphor to end on. Anyways, um, so that is the episode for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Corey, for coming in and explaining thanks. things that we have no idea. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, we'll hope to have you again sometime soon. We're gonna not read... for the next one. <laughs> We're gonna read the novel called It by Stephen King, and it's about clowns who kill and eat people, and it should be very. Fun. They eat people. Yeah, you haven't started reading yet? No. That's really cool. Good. All right, well, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on our blog page. We'll throw some links in the show notes. You can find us then. Um, and with that, we will see you tomorrow. Peace out. Shout out, shout out,